Oh man, Merry Christmas Parkview. I'm glad you've made the choice to be around here this weekend. I want to say hello to all the campuses around uh, Chicagoland, everybody out in New Lenox. Uh, we love y'all. We're so thankful for you. And everybody out at Homer Glen. I know Homer Glen has some new space uh, opening up this weekend. You have an open house this weekend. just want to say way to go to Homer Glen and uh, reaching people for Jesus and, and uh, being his hands and feet around your part of the city. Everybody around Orland, everybody online. Glad you made the choice to be around here as we continue this Christmas at the Movies uh, series. And we are, as you know, just uh, a week away now from Christmas Eve services around here. Uh, we have uh, 24 services across all of our campuses. And I want to encourage everyone uh, today all around Chicagoland that when you leave uh, church today, grab one of these little cards uh, about Christmas Eve services. And on the back, it has all the service times at all the campuses. And, and here's what I just want to remind you, uh, put, put this in your head and in your heart. And that is that if you invite somebody to Christmas Eve services, if you invite a friend, a a neighbor, somebody you work with, one of your classmates at school, if you invite them, guess what? There's a, a big chance they'll come because people love Christmas. People love having some Christmas in them, some church in them. Everybody wants a little church in them around the Christmas holiday. So if you invite somebody, whether they go to church much or not, the chances are they're going to come. Because everybody wants a little church, everybody wants a little uh, holidays, a little Jesus in them around the Christmas season. And guess what? They may come to Christmas Eve services for a little tradition, and they may leave with Jesus in their hearts, right? So I would encourage you to invite them, because that could change their world for the rest of their lives. So yeah, let's, don't forget this. Be thinking about who you can invite to, to meet Jesus at these Christmas Eve services. Now, uh, this weekend, we are talking about a movie uh, called The Grinch. And to get us all going in the same uh, direction, let me just ask you this, uh, Parkview. Do you know any Grinches? Do you know any Grinches? If you do, just point them out right now. No, I'm just kidding. Don't, don't please. Some of you are already doing that. Don't, uh, don't do uh, that. Don't, don't, don't point out all, all the Grinches. The Grinch, uh, where we get that word Grinch, I think it comes from this French word uh, called Grinchot. I think is how you say it, Grinchot. People have been trying to tell me how to say it. I'm not sure I'm saying it right, but it means grumpy. The French word Grinch, Grinchot, it means grumpy. And it's easy sometimes to get just a little bit grumpy during this season. That's what a, a Grinch is. It can happen any time of the year, but it happens a lot of times around the holiday season. And if you're feeling a little bit like a Grinch, I mean, even good people can get a little grumpy, right? And, and so if you're feeling that way, I went ahead this week and found some, some holiday cards, some greeting cards, some Christmas cards that you could send to people if you're feeling a little off and feeling a little grumpy, here's, here's one maybe that you'd want to send. Santa doesn't believe in you either. So just let's let it be. You know, right? I mean, that's a grumpy, that's a pretty grumpy uh, card. Or, or what about this? Only a few more shopping days left until your loved ones find out how little you understand them. That's, that's, pretty, that's pretty grumpy and pretty, pretty, pretty sad, right? Uh, what about, I love this one, bar humbug. <clears throat> It's like, all right, this, I've had it with all this, the shopping and the scanning and all that. Or, or I love this one as well. Meh, Christmas. Yeah. Sometimes my son, I have a son who's in high school and a lot of times, you want to go to a movie? Meh, meh, meh. Yeah. What, you, you want to go, you want to go to down, you know, downtown? Meh, meh, I don't know. It's just like, meh, I don't know. Maybe Christmas, when it's gone, it's gone. That, that'd be great. Or what about this? Here's the last one. This one's pretty, Santa hates you too. 
so I mean, yeah, pretty, I mean, that's like the ultimate grumpy uh, card if you want to send, send that one. Uh, and here, here's, to get us all, again, going in the same direction, here's what I'd say a Grinch is for the sake of our, our study today. A Grinch or Grinches are people who have intentionally or sometimes unintentionally misplaced their hearts at the holidays. They, they have it in the wrong place, and so they get a little bit grumpy. Now, there's all kinds of Grinch movies, as you know, and uh, Jim Carrey has a great one. There's a brand new one out this year that I've heard is, is excellent. Uh, but as we start into this at the movies, I want to take you back to my childhood, uh, the Grinch that I remember uh, growing up. Uh, take just a moment and look at this clip of the Grinch. The heart. That's what we want to spend some time talking about uh, this weekend. That, that heart that we have inside of us, it, it's that invisible part of you. It's that part of you maybe that got broken uh, back in junior high when she said she only wanted to be friends, right? It's that part of you that's, that's invisible, but it, it just wells up inside of you with pride when, when one of your kids does something amazing, uh, that heart inside of us is, is that part of us that gets all, you know, sad and, and sappy and, and almost all so excited when, when like your, your daughter, your only daughter who's only 20 years old gets engaged to be married. This happens to people. Right? In fact, in fact check, check this out. This is what happened at the, in, in the Clark household over Thanksgiving. This is my daughter Ruby. Yeah, you, I guess you can clap if you want. It's... it's, it's it's mostly happy, uh, but it affects your heart, right? This is her guy, Cole. He's a fantastic guy. We, we love him, but she got engaged over uh, Thanksgiving time. And man, what it just does something to your heart, doesn't it? My first, my only girl, uh, 20 years old, they're getting married in, in May, which is like my heart feels like is like nine days from now, <laughs> Right? Unbelievable, man. It just kind of messes with you sometimes. And if you want to take the feels even deeper in your heart, you know what my wife Renee and my daughter Ruby are doing this weekend? They're out looking around. They have several appointments that are going to last several hours. And you know what they're doing? They're trying on wedding dresses. Man, that just, that, that, I don't know, that, that gets me in my heart. In fact, take a look at this picture my wife Renee sent me yesterday morning. This is Ruby, and she's just three or four years old playing dress-up. And my wife, I'm just studying. I'm getting ready. I'm preparing to preach this weekend. I'm getting my heart in the right place. And my wife sends me this picture, and she sends me a text and says, I cannot wait to take our little girl out to try on real wedding dresses today. Whew. <laughs> Your heart. Your heart is that crazy, strange, mysterious part of us that can love and, and laugh and cry and enjoy the day and enjoy Christmas. But let's also be honest, Parkview, and there's part of our heart that sometimes has a hard time around the Christmas season because there's a lot of pain sometimes and a lot of chaos that accompanies the Christmas season. And, and what that we do sometimes with our hearts is we want to build walls around them. We want to get a thick wall around our heart so that it can be protected. And our hearts are a big deal uh, to God. He feels very strongly about our hearts and, and how we guard them and how they operate. Look at this verse in the Bible in Proverbs. It says, above all else, above all the other things you're doing, whatever else you got going on today and this week, above all else, here's what you need to do. You need to guard your heart because everything you do flows from it. 
Everything you do flows from it. So let me just ask you this today, Parkview. Don't, don't answer this out loud. <clears throat> just take a private inventory on this. Let me ask you this. How are things with your heart this Christmas season? How are things with your heart this time of year? You know, when it comes to the movie The Grinch, I'm not exactly sure why his heart was two sizes too small, but I do have this theory, and that is when we misplace our hearts, when we get our hearts off center and they're not in the right place, and we miss Christ around the Christmas time, even good people can do that. We can miss Christ around Christmas. When that happens, our hearts shrink up a little bit. Whether you're a church person or not a church person, whether you come to church a lot or a little bit, anybody can misplace their hearts, and when we do that, our hearts begin to shrink some. And we can get a little grumpy and get a little off. Even in the story of the very first Christmas, that's what we're going to study today. The very first Christmas, there's people who misplace their hearts. Their hearts are not in the right place. And because of that, they miss Christ at Christmas. So that's where we want to go today. And we want to learn some lessons from several people in the Christmas story so that we don't make those same mistakes this year around our Christmas season. So if you're taking notes, here's the first person who I think missed a lot of Christmas, and that's the innkeeper. The, the innkeeper. If you want to write that down, write down the, the innkeeper. We're going to have the verses up here on the uh, screen, but I also want to read from my Bible in Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 1. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to his town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in, Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. And he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. And she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, if, if you've been around, again, church a lot or just a little bit, uh, you know that uh, this part of the story, you've probably read this part of the Christmas story, and you know we talk about the innkeeper a lot, and, and I think even as we read that today, there's probably a lot of upset innkeepers up in heaven going, hello, it wasn't me, you know, it wasn't, I, I didn't do it, it wasn't, wasn't me, and in fact, what we, we don't even know if the innkeeper was really an innkeeper, right? We're not exactly sure who this person was, they're not specifically mentioned, and if you've been around the past few years, and Pastor Tim has preached in, you know, the Christmas time, he says that the innkeeper could have very well been a friend of Mary and Joseph or a family member of Joseph or something like that. We're not exactly sure who this person was, but here's what we do know. Whoever it was, it was one of the busiest nights of their life, one of the busiest seasons. Because in Luke chapter 2 verse 1, we do know that Caesar had issued a decree that a census should be taken and everybody had to go back to their hometown to be counted basically. And the reason they were doing this was for taxes. And so here's what we know. Put yourself in this story. Here's what we know a couple thousand years ago. Thousands of people, potentially tens of thousands of people are flooding into this little town of Bethlehem. And, and this guy's place, this guy's house, the inn, the guest house, whatever it was, it would have been packed out with all kinds of probably friends, family, maybe all kinds of other guests that they didn't even know. The city was full. Everything was buzzing. There was all kinds of activity going on. And I don't think this person is trying to be cruel or unsympathetic or hostile or anything towards Mary and Joseph. I just think they're busy. There's a lot of stuff going on. And in the midst of their busyness, they completely miss the most pivotal event in all of human history. Jesus being born right there in their midst. 
And again, it's easy to get down on the innkeeper and whoever this is and how could you do that and did you put them out in the cold or who knows what happened or where did they stay in your place and you should have given them the best room and all, all those kinds of things. But, but before we get too down on them, isn't it easy to fall into that during this season? I mean, you have shopping and you have gifts and you have wrapping and you have the baking and you have the parties and you have the programs and you have all these things going on in our lives. Not bad things. They're not bad. They're just busy. Not bad things, just busy things. And in the midst of all of the busyness of our lives, it's so easy. It's so easy, I think, for you and for me, no doubt for me, to get my heart misplaced and, and miss out on Christ around the Christmas season. It's so easy for that to happen. There's a guy named Max Lucado. Maybe you know Max Lucado. He's a fantastic author. He's written several books. He has this book called God Came Near. And I want to read to you just a little bit from God Came Near because it talks about the very first Christmas and maybe kind of how it went down and what was going on around the town when Jesus was born. Take a look at this. He looks like anything but a king. His face is burnished and red. His cry, though strong and healthy, is still the helpless and piercing cry of a baby. He's absolutely dependent upon Mary for his well-being. Majesty in the midst of the mundane. Holiness in the filth of sheep manure. Divinity entering the world on the floor of a stable through the womb of a teenager in the presence of a carpenter. Meanwhile, the city hums. The merchants are unaware that God has visited their planet, and the innkeeper would have never believed that he had just sent God out into the cold. And the people would scoff at anyone who told them that the Messiah lay in the arms of a teenage girl on the outskirts of their village. They were all too busy to consider the possibility. Those who missed his majesty's arrival that night missed it not because of evil acts or malice. They missed it because they simply were not looking. And then he goes on to say, little has changed over the last 2,000 years. Friends, as we get close to Christmas, I mean, we are getting close. We're a week away from getting into Christmas Eve and celebration time. I, I just want to say, please, please, please listen. This is just kind of the reminder this weekend. Do not let your heart get so busy going in all kinds of things that you miss Christ this Christmas. In fact, let's just, I don't want to just skip over this part of the message. I just want to kind of pause here. In fact, can I come down here just a little bit? I just want to sit down. Don't worry, I'm not coming out there. Don't freak out. Uh, I'm just, I, just, I, just want to, I just want to sit down. Can the cameras follow me? Is that all right, cameras? Um, you know, like when you want to talk to somebody and you say, okay, let, let's have a talk. And they say, sit down. It's like, well, okay, they really want to talk because we're going to sit down. So you're sitting down, I'm sitting down, so we're sitting down, okay? So here, here's, here's, here, here, here's, here, here's what I'm thinking, okay? This week, I'm, so I'm thinking we're all, we all get busy. We all get going with all kinds of, of things, good things, you know, oftentimes with, with friends and family and work and kids and all that kind of stuff. And, and here's what I feel like God's just been saying to me to say to you this week as we head into this really cool week, getting really, really close to Christmas. Here it is. Here's just a few words. Are you ready for this? Reduce your speed. Slow down. Reduce your speed. I know you have things to do. I have things to do. I'm not saying don't do those things that you have to do. I'm just saying don't rush through them. Invite somebody along. Soak up this season. Don't just skim through this season. Do the things you got to do, but reduce your speed while you're doing them. Slow down a little bit. Maybe to put it in terms that like our students, if you have students, here's the way students would say this. They would say, slow your roll. <laughs> right? Hey, 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 slow your roll. 
couple of weeks ago, I was, I was with some students around at a, a church event, and one of the students said, said to me, he said, Todd, in fact, it really actually said, Mr. Clark, he said, Mr. Clark, here's what you need to do. You need to slow your roll. I kind of I looked at that kid. I was, was kind of like, listen, buddy, I'm, I'm going to slow your roll. I'm going to roll, <laughs> roll your, you're going to get slowed up right now, buddy. All right? Just. But right, that's what we're talking about. Slow your roll. Reduce your speed. You got to do the things you got to do, but, 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 but soak them up while you're doing them, right? So we don't miss Christ. During this season, here's another person uh, that maybe we can resonate that missed out on Christ. This group, it's the Jewish leaders. The Jewish leaders, the religious leaders, the time we're talking about in history, you know this, is the time when God, not a God, but, but the God, the big G God of the universe, decides to come to this earth as a soft skinned baby named Jesus. And this is the point in history. When all of these Jewish leaders, all of these religious leaders, they've been looking forward to this for centuries, they've been praying for this. For centuries. In fact, when God announces his son Jesus, you know what he does? He just sends out one birth announcement. One announcement. I mean, who sends out one announcement when you're having a kid, right? But that's what God does. And he sends it out to some shepherds who are out in the fields. And the shepherds, you have to understand, they're like on the Jewish socioeconomic ladder, they're like the very bottom rung in the Jewish world. But, but here's what the Bible says. To these shepherds, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And so they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And, and when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about the child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. So, so under, understand this. Here's what's going on in, in this world. We have these shepherds. They, they rush to see the baby. When they do, they spread the word with everybody all over the countryside. And it says everybody all around the countryside is amazed. So what I want us to realize, again, putting ourselves in this first century story of the first Christmas, the, the town is buzzing. It's buzzing because there's something going on. And these religious leaders, these Jewish leaders are definitely buzzing around town as well. And they had to know something's going on. Right? Because the star, everybody's talking about the star. You have the shepherds going there. You have the wise men going there later. You have Herod doing this big investigation. So there's a buzz going on. But what we realize as you read through the Bible, these religious people, these religious Jewish leaders, they don't even really, it looks like, take time to seek him. And what I think begins to happen with them is, is they get so consumed with their religion and studying about Jesus and their tradition that they completely miss a relationship with Jesus. They know all about him, but they don't really want to seek him and get to know him. In fact, Jesus speaks to these people in the book of Matthew. He says this. He says, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts, their hearts are far from me. And that can happen to anyone, not just Jewish leaders. It can happen to any of us during the holidays. I mean, they honor me with their lips. They, they know all about me. They, they can sing the songs. They, they know where things are in the Bible. They have stuff underlined in their Bible. I mean, they have stuff highlighted in their Bible. And that's awesome. But their hearts, their hearts are far from me. They've been misplaced. And as I look around our world, I see people, I mean, good people. These aren't, these aren't, these aren't bad people at all. They, but, but it's easy for people to get their hearts misplaced. 
Because everybody loves a little tradition this time of year. Everybody loves the trees. Everybody loves the presents. Everybody loves to sing some Christmas carols. Everybody loves to hear somebody read the Christmas story from the Bible, right? Especially like the King James Version. You get there and somebody's reading the Christmas story. Every, everybody loves that. In fact, take, take a look at this. This is Chris Pratt reading the Christmas story at Disneyland just a few weeks ago. Did you know that every year since 1955 when Disneyland was open, somebody has stood up and read the Christmas story from Luke 2 at Disneyland, and there are thousands and thousands and thousands of people who show up to hear during Christmas, because everybody loves it, during Christmas everybody loves to hear the story of Jesus. And, and, and around Christmas time, I mean, you know, kind of Chris Pratt and Guardians of the Galaxy and Jesus, Right? I mean, they just, they just kind of go together, right, around the holidays for so many people. I mean, everybody loves a little bit of Jesus in their heart around the Christmas season, but here's the truth of the, of the matter. You can still have presence underneath the tree without having Jesus in your heart. It's true. It happens all the time. You can have presence under the tree without having Jesus in your heart. And when that happens, when we misplace our hearts and we miss Christ, I think what happens, whether people want it to or not, they get a little grumpy sometimes because they're not exactly sure what this is even really supposed to all be about. I was traveling here a few days ago, and I was in an Uber. Uh, I love Uber. I, I, I'm all about Uber. I'm very much an Uber, uh, Ubery person. I'm probably diamond or platinum or whatever, whatever the highest level is. I'm probably that uh, with, with Uber. And so I'm driving to the airport. We got about a 45-minute ride, and uh, I start talking to this lady. She was fantastic about, you know, faith and about Christmas and all that and we start talking about Christmas and she says you know how she's you know kind of a religious person and she believes in God but doesn't understand God and I come to find out she's actually kind of upset with God specifically because of something that's happened to her brother and also one of her brother's kids and so we're talking about that and I totally understand it it's some painful things uh, that happen and I keep trying to let her know hey you know you God also what Christmas is is he sent his son Jesus so that you can have a way to go to God and take your heart to him and, you know, get through. And your brother could even get through some of these things that are going on. That's why God sent Jesus. And every time I would start talking about Jesus, you know, she would change the subject or start talking about trees. Or, you know, I got a lot of baking to do or whatever. And, and so, and so here, here's what happened. No, no kidding. We're just about <clears throat> to get to the airport. And uh, here's what she says to me. She, here, here's what she says. She says, well, here's the thing. She says, I adore Christmas. I'm just not that into Jesus. This is what she says. I adore Christmas. I'm just not that into Jesus. And from the back seat, I was like, what, 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 what? What, 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 no, 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 no. You, you're going to, okay, keep driving, keep driving, okay? This is going to be an expensive Uber ride. I'm going to pay some money because you got, we got to work some things through, honey, okay? That, that, that is not going to work. But I think that's, the, that's the, the, the heart, the mindset of so many people in this world. I love Christmas. I love the trees. I love the presents. And the parties are pretty fun most of the time. But I'm, I, I'm just not that into Jesus, maybe for just a few days, but I'm just not that into Jesus. And what happens is when we do that, when we misplace our hearts and we've missed Christ at Christmas, our hearts begin to shrink. And let me tell you something, Parkview. Jesus isn't just a reason for this season. He's the reason for this season. Not a, the reason for this season. And we have to live like that. We have to show people our hearts like that because there's a whole lot of our world and our neighborhood and our friends who, who can get a little grumpy because they, they don't completely understand that. Here's the last person who I think completely missed Christ around Christmas, and you might expect this. It's Herod. Herod missed Christ around Christmas. Let's take a look at this in Scripture. 
After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? And we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. And when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed. Everybody say disturbed. He was disturbed and all of Jerusalem with him. So here's what's going on. He, he, he's disturbed in his heart. And if you look at that word disturbed, it's, it's, a, it's a powerful, it's a Greek word. And here's the Greek word. It's the word terasso. And it means to be troubled or it means to be really agitated in your soul or in your heart or shaken or, or distressed or perplexed or, or something like that. And, and Herod completely misses, we know this, Christ at Christmas because he is terrified at the idea of a new king. You see, here's the thing. Let this sink into your heart. Herod wears the title king. He's the king. And he doesn't need any other king coming in over his world. Right? And this can so easily happen in our lives today. Is, is it a great stretch as I'm reading through the Christmas story and I'm thinking about this and trying to metabolize it into my life? Is it any great stretch to say that Herod even, you know, signifies and typifies a lot of people in our world today? I mean, most people in our world today don't mind taking a few days off work to celebrate Jesus and Christmas and, and they accept Jesus even as a great teacher. Most people will pray to Jesus when they get in trouble, right? We all want to pray to Jesus when we get in trouble. We love the little baby in a manger, but when the little baby in a manger wants to be the king of our hearts, we get shook. We get shook a little bit. You see, when the true meaning of Christmas is understood, sometimes this little soft-skinned baby in a manger can become an immediate threat to my kingdom, to my world, right? And, and the truth is, it, this happens all the time with people. And You know, hey, Tata, I love, I love coming to church. I love Parfield. I love to sing. I love the teaching. I just love that. I love the people and all that kind of stuff. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's what a lot of us feel like. You know what? I, I love all that, but what I don't need right now anyway, not right now in my life, is I don't need somebody kind of telling me what to do. I'm going to date who I want to date. I'm going to get married when I want to get married and who I want to get married to. I'm going to do my money the way I want to do my money. I'm going to raise my kids the way I want to raise my kids. I'm going to do my business the way I want to do my business. I kind of write my own rules. I'm the king. You see, I'm, I'm the king. I sit on the throne of my life. Who sits on the throne of Todd's life? Todd does. Right? I'm, I'm the king. I'm the ruler of my life. And this is the anthem a lot of times of a lot of people in our world. They misplace their hearts and they begin to miss. Christmas because they just want to rule their own world. They don't want Jesus coming in and being king of their hearts, even though he can make their world a much better place to live. And here's what I know. I know as we're talking about this today, Parkview, I know as we're studying this and looking at the very first Christmas and we're talking about all these people and all these different time, ways we misplace our heart, here's what I know. You, you, you're gonna, you are able to spot all of these things with perfect clarity in other people, right? You're sitting here listening today, and as I'm talking, you're sitting here right now writing stuff down going, oh, I cannot wait to send this message to my brother, okay? Because my brother has all this going on. He is messed up, all right? I can't wait to give this to my boss because my boss needs to hear this. I don't think my boss will listen to it, but they're so scared. They're the big boss, and they don't want any other king in their world, and they got everything going on. I, I wish my boss would listen to this, or I cannot wait to give this to my son or my daughter who's in college because they need to listen to this so that you can spot all these things with perfect clarity 
in everyone else. Right? It's the way it works. But could I just ask today, as we pull all this together, is, is there any of this in the first Christmas that you can relate to? Do you see yourself in the innkeeper at all, whoever this person was, just the busyness of the city, everything going on, not bad things, just bustling all around and kind of missing out on what this season is all really about? Or you see yourself at all in, in the religious leaders, the Jewish leaders? I mean, they knew all about Jesus. They'd been studying Jesus. But the truth is, they didn't spend a whole lot of time seeking him at all. You know, and maybe that's the way you feel sometimes. I'm getting all kinds of things done, and I wish I got up in the morning with a cup of coffee and just spent some time reading through Matthew or Luke and read a little bit of the story. But you know what? I haven't opened my Bible in the last two weeks because I just have a lot of stuff going on, and I don't, I don't have time to seek everything. Or maybe you're like Herod. The truth is, again, man, I, I love Todd. Todd, listen, listen. Todd, I love church. I love Parkview. But right now, I'm kinda, I've got things going on, and I'm kind of running my, my game. I'm kind of running my world, and I don't need that right now. And you don't want Jesus to be the king of your heart. If you see yourself in any of these places today, here's what I would say to you. Here's what you need to do. Just confess it. Confess it to God that, man, I'm acting like that. I got my heart misplaced. And then you know what you do? You praise God that you were here this weekend to listen and to be a part of a message from the first Christmas because now you have a whole week to restructure and recalibrate your life so you and your family don't miss Christ this Christmas. It's a good thing. Well, I love what happens by the end of this movie. The Grinch, I love what happens in his life. I love what happens to his heart. So let's kind of pull again this all together and let's watch just the last short clip from the movie The Grinch. That's good, right? His heart grew. Realizes what it's all about. You know, uh, Parkview, the, uh, I love this season. I love this place. I've, I've been a, a part now of uh, the Parkview team for three years now. And I, just, I, I, I count it such a blessing and honor. I feel like this is home. And uh, people often ask me, you know, Todd, why do you, why do you love Parkview? What's so special about Parkview? Why is God working so powerfully at Parkview? Because people all around the country know about what happens around here and and truly here's what I say every time somebody asks me about what's going on at this place and why I love it so much and here's what I say I say it's our it's the heart it's the heart of the people at Parkview it's the heartbeat of the church in this place And, and understand when I say that and you know this we're not perfect none of us are we're not perfect people no but I love our hearts I love that we have hearts for each other and really take care of each other and even though we're not perfect you know what Parkview is Parkview is the perfect place for imperfect people that's what it is it's the perfect place for imperfect people and I love our hearts for each other and every time I'm here every time I can mix around hear Tim preach be with people all over Chicagoland different campuses every time I do that my heart it does it grows I get a better glimpse of who God is and I'm reminded of who I should be my heart grows a size every time and and God says he'll, does that, he'll do that for us when we take our hearts as misplaced as they may be sometimes and we just bring our hearts to God, he'll take care of them. And here's what he says he'll do in the Bible. He says, I'll give you a new heart. I'll put a new spirit in you. And I'll take your stony and your stubborn heart, maybe your grumpy heart, and I'll give you a tender and responsive heart. Parkview, during this Christmas season, may we have tender hearts towards God. Amen. 
May we have responsive hearts towards Christ this Christmas, and may we help other people around us see what this season is really about, not missing Christ this Christmas. Let's pray together. God, thanks for this time. Thanks for a a weekend like this in, in the midst of just a busy, rapid fire lives. All kinds of things going on, God. Thanks for letting us push push pause and slow down and sing and and study that very first Christmas and just point our hearts back to you and put our focus back on you. God, I pray that as we get our hearts back in the right place, that they would become more tender, that they would become more responsive, that we would not be grumpy and that we would engage in and understand and accept and celebrate this season in your son. We love you, Jesus. And it's in your name, Jesus' name we pray, amen.